Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Stack Overflow podcast, a place to talk all things software and technology. I am your host, Ben Popper, Director of Content here at Stack Overflow. And today I have a very special guest. As some of you may know from our blog and recent podcasts, we announced a project recently called Overflow Offline, where we're trying to support organizations like Kiwix that make it easy to download and read and search an offline version of Stack Overflow. And we're also trying to work with a lot of organizations from folks who are learning inside of the prison system to scientists in remote locations to people who live in countries without a ton of internet access to get their hands on this in case they want to learn how to code or build something with software. So today I'm very excited to have Jessica Hicklin, who is a user of Overflow Offline, who is the chief technology officer at Unlocked Labs on the show to discuss her experience with some of this stuff. Jessica, welcome to the program. Thank you. It's good to be here, Ben. So for folks who don't know, just briefly talk a little bit about who you are and how it is that you ended up with a XML version of Stack Overflow as your first kind of encyclopedia for learning how to code. That's actually a good way of characterizing it. So hi, everybody. My name is Jessica Hicklin. And like Ben said, I'm the CTO of Unlock Labs, which we're a nonprofit trying to build better correctional systems from the inside out. So that's kind of how I come to it. I was once inside the correctional system. I went to prison at 16 as a juvenile on a life without parole sentence and spent 26 years before I came home. But during that time, I was trying to learn how to cope. And for those of you who don't know, there's no internet access in prison. So there's no Google it to figure out anything. You have textbooks if you can get your hands on them and a lot of reverse engineering to understand until one day a friend of mine who used to work at IBM, asked the question. He says, how do you do development without Stack Overflow? It's a really good question that I had no idea what it meant at the time. I said, what's Stack Overflow? <laughs> <laughs> and through an uh, arrangement with the administration, he sent the old Stack Dump XML files, like 90 gigs of them. And it took me all of about five minutes of setting it up to go, oh, where has this been all my life? Right, and that right. is really was really the game changer in my own programming career and also in the project that we're working on. So yeah, for people who haven't heard yet, talk a little bit about what Unlock Labs is and maybe the genesis of that. Because I know it started with your own learning, but now has spread to other institutions and has a really cool kind of like pipeline of teaching people and then making them into instructors and part, sort of you know builders within that network. Sure, absolutely. And it actually illustrates how we now use the offline version of Stack Overflow in two ways. So Stack Overflow started, and there's a long backstory. I'm, by all means, reach out to me from our Unlock Lab site, and I'll give you the longer version. But the short version is there came a time where my understanding of purpose in life, having a life without parole sentence, was to give access to education to the incarcerated. Mm -hmm. But due to changes in prison environments, I just wasn't able to anymore. You know, And so we started looking for a solution. I had seen Khan Academy and the idea was, well, what if we could build a Khan Academy for prisons, mm. <laughs> um, which was quite audacious given the fact that, again, I had like two textbooks and no programming <laughs> skill, but that, that was right. the idea. And it was set about building the first prototype and getting administrative buy-in. Eventually this became a thing where they said, huh, maybe we can actually do this. Okay, build it. Right. <laughs> and that's, that's when I had to say, oh, I pitched some of the ideas. It's a great idea, and I have no idea how to do it. <laughs> Not a clue. Like, I guess that, that's been my experience since I've been home. Like most good tech things, that's how they start. It's like, this is a great idea. We haven't built it and have no idea how we're going to do it. But let's do this. Right, and that right. was really our start. 
But for us, so I reached out, I had seen something on PBS and I, I had a friend reach out to a local organization called Launch Code, which is a nonprofit coding program for non-traditionally tech individuals. And my co-founder, Haley Shelf, was the one that the email eventually ended up reaching and, and we connected. And I explained this wild idea to her, my friend, and kind of prefaced to it, that, hey, we want to build this education system for prisons that have no internet. I need help. Yeah. A lot of it. And now. Right. <laughs> and so... She coordinated with some administrators and, and began sending pieces of the uh, the launch code coding curriculum because at first I needed access to it myself. Like mm-hmm, I, I didn't mm-hmm. know how to code. There were some other motivations behind it at the time. The laws that were starting to change. It's a real opportunity for me to come home was was coming up. And like most prisons, there was really really no credentialing system. So right. if you think about my my situation, I was 16 when I went to prison on a life without parole sentence, which means I had no education, no work experience, no job skills. Right. I remember you telling me uh, AOL was your your last sort of <laughs> brush with uh, web technology. Yeah, you can you can date me like that if you want to. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> yeah. Well, to give a slightly more interesting context, I was just talking about this with uh, one of my coworkers the other day. I said, well, you know, technically I didn't start on AOL. I started with an, a Power Mac and eWorld. Dear God, like three of us listening to this will probably remember what that was. But it got me into AOL, and that was actually my only experience with the internet. So, which actually made this project idea even crazier because our pitch was, well, let's do a full stack web development, you know, distributed application that people can access education through. Which really meant I didn't really know what I was talking about, but I, I knew the idea; I'd seen it. And so, right, right, she provided this coding curriculum, and when I started to see it, it, it and we started talking, the idea was like, well, what? what if we just start teaching this coding program? I mean, that's, that's a good start. I mean, that's an education that people can use. And so mm-hmm. we collaborated in offlining the, the launch code curriculum and began teaching it as a, in a pilot version. And actually that's the first, I'll call it public use of, of stack overflow at the time for us was, you know, we have these, these coding students in a prison who are trying to get skills. They're going home. A lot of them had been in prison longer than 10 years. So it had been a decade at least since they had touched the computer. Right clearly didn't have a current skill set. And for some crazy reason, we said, let's teach coding. <laughs> and so there was no, again, there was no Google. You can't, you can't just look up all the million resources we have access to on the outside. The only, right. the only thing a student can do when they were stuck was look it up on the offline version of Stack Overflow. And mm-hmm. actually it's funny. It's used so much by the, by the outside version of this curriculum that we had to flag for people if you copy and paste the answer from Stack Overflow, Uh-oh. because the answers to half this curriculum are in there, right, right. <laughs> we're going to have a conversation. Right. This but is a teaching moment, not a yeah, not This a is a teaching situation. moment. Don't cheat. Right. And the whole, oh, you're only cheating yourself and all those other things. But it was actually one of the greatest joys of teaching that class because I taught the first class. And again, I'm self-taught and been in, by that time I'd been in prison 20 years mm-hmm. to walk around and see people digging through Stack Overflow the way that people do out here. And finding answers without having to ask the teachers and the TAs and everything else. It was actually, it was a really beautiful moment in this process. For folks who don't know, like what was the environment like inside the lab? Like, was there like an internal network? How did you build it out? What was the user interface? Just like a little bit of sort of like how you managed to enable students to, you know, kind of get access to this. Oh, good point. And it actually kind of dovetails into the second branch of what we do at Unlock Labs. In the first iteration of this whole process, there were some old computers that were just sitting around. They were purchased for a program that they never had the staffing to, to teach. And so we mm-hmm. just asked, can we use this computer lab? Uh, it was located right next to the public library in the prison, you know, public library. 
And so there was 12 terminals, all these little carols on desktops. We managed to convince somebody to let us connect it to a server that was networked from another room. And, and we put the entire curriculum and then Stack Overflow on it. So it was a local server serving the offline version of Stack Overflow. And, you know, it really was like a, like a digital classroom from the early 2000s is the best way I know how to describe this. There mm-hmm. was a, a literal projector and an old school projection screen. And, and then us standing up there for a while writing on an actual chalkboard. <laughs> Whiteboards weren't a thing. Right. And our class ranged from people who were going home in a year to people who were never going home in life without mm. parole. From ages from roughly 30 to 68, I think was the oldest guy. People who had been in prison from everybody in the class, I think, without without fail had been in, well, one guy. Everybody else had been in prison at least 10 years. The longest term person that had been in prison was 22 years. Wow. And so we had this large variety of folks who either had experience or no experience whatsoever in mm-hmm. a classroom that was from the 2000s and really that's that's kind of what paints why this utility why this resource was so important to us because it was the only modern thing we had and then mm. the launch code curriculum which at the time the original curriculum we were teaching python and uh, java uh, spring boot development so we had this server that we set up as like a maven server and a, and a resource library server and then a stack overflow server and then the curriculum server itself and so students would log on like they were accessing the internet and actually we did our best to uh to make like a proxy internet where it mimicked their real world experience that they were going to have because we wanted people to get like these are employable skills people were going to go home and, and approach an employer and say oh, that makes total sense yeah you want them to f- not feel like they're dropped into something totally unfamiliar to as much as best you can simulate that sure. working environment. Yeah. We, we added a GitHub server to it or Git server to it as well so that they can, they can do that kind of work, which thank God for stack overflow for me, because at the end of the day, I'm the one that's designing the infrastructure for all this. And I get to the piece of the curriculum I was like, okay, so this is how we push and pull and, and, and do GitHub. I'm like, I'm offline. I don't have GitHub. Right. <laughs> How do I replicate this very important process for these brand new developers? And by the way, I'm a brand new developer myself. And it was actually in Stack Overflow that I found the configuration for like setting up an Apache-based Git, Git server so that people can push and pull and merge and share projects and all that. Right, so right. yeah, there's was, there was every facet of this project that we did was touched by Stack Overflow. And to the, the final part of that question, so it leads into the, the second thing we do. The environment itself, the curriculum itself was a website. We set up mm-hmm. an Apache server and took everything that was hosted on a website out here and converted it to uh, use localized URLs and point to local videos and resources. And, and then we built a framework around it that became, uh, it was an LMS specifically for one program when we, when we got started. A learning management system, just sorry. Yeah, for people who don't know, I want to clarify that. And so that was really the genesis of what became Unlock Labs now. We mm-hmm. had a we had a pilot coding program. We had the the fledging seed of an LMS, and everything else sort of happened organically. We we finished the first pilot and proved that this hey, guess what? You can teach people in prison how to code. They, people did capstone projects that were vetted by the outside people from the organization, right? And so we began to look at what does it take to grow this, and that growth process took two directions simultaneously, which has been an interesting part of our journey. We expanded the coding program to where we teach it in three prisons in Missouri now. We've had mm-hmm. 120 students, I think, to give or take a couple, graduate the class now who are certified as coders, ready to go out in the world and 
Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm a former journalist. I have to say, when I first heard this story, I had a hard time believing it because it's amazing to me you could learn about Apache servers and Python and Git and figure out all this stuff on your own, or I suppose, you know, probably with the help of the curriculum, your co-founder and some of the other folks in there. But it's just so inspiring to me, I guess, you know, that 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 people can be such autodidacts and that, you know, with the help of that community, you can get so much done to the point where, as you were just sort of saying, you know, people are being prepared for work on the outside. One of the particular restrictions of prison is that you could only, well, most prisons in Missouri, you could only, only ever own six books at a time. Mm. So it wasn't like I had a huge resource library um, easily available to me. So again, it was Stack Overflow where I learned even what Apache did, let alone right. how to configure it. So right, just, right. I want to identify that. Like, I can't tell you how much that research made a difference in our world. But we graduated the first class and decided like, let's grow this thing. And so we, we eventually expanded to three prisons and now have a hundred and some odd graduates. Um, but more interestingly was what happened to the LMS or the learning management system that we built just to provide this curriculum. Mm-hmm. Um, my outside co-founder Haley uh, was having conversations with one of the local universities, Washington university that uh, does a prison education program. And they were just so fed up with the for-profit offerings in the space, uh, not only because they're for-profit, and but more so because they were just unreliable. Mm. They would, it's funny, uh, we did like some user testing before we ever fully engaged with them. And one of the, the conversations was around what happens to students who, who enroll in too many curriculums. They would mm. download too many courses, it would lock up their tablet, and they were kicked out for an entire semester till they can come back. So there was a real bottleneck to education. And somehow that turned into a conversation around, well, what if our currently incarcerated developers who know and experience the problem could build a solution? And even now I look back and go, that was like most other things in this adventure. It was a crazy idea. But we eventually ended up in partnership with Washington University and we're Mellon Foundation funded to take some of these developers from our original uh, pilot program, mm-hmm. put five of them in a room. I was the one of the five pay them federal minimum wage and have them start developing a solution. Right. And we did, we set up an agile based development shop and I functioned as the project manager for a while. And, and Haley, my outside co-founder fun- functioned as the product owner. And we began working on building out a solution that not only works for a coding program, right. but also works for whatever offering is available in prisons. And that's when we really begin to research and understand how large of a problem this really is. And there are roughly 2 million individuals incarcerated in the United States right now. Mm-hmm. 95 to 97% of them will come home one day. The problem is 83% of them will go back within 10 years. And that's Yeah, recidivism. Yeah, it's a yeah, real problem. I'm just so baffled by how that number exists that, you know, this this is considered success, right? Mm-hmm. There's an 83% failure rate. And what's more surprising is we don't really know how to fix it mm-hmm. because there's there's no public open source infrastructure that collects data that can be analyzed, you know, prisons really have no idea what they're supposed to be putting in front of people. There's independent like studies that have been done. Most of them are meta studies that are done on, you know, they're analyzing data from different field, different parts of the field and conglomerating it. But um, at the end of the day, there's no real time data being collected about education in prison. We're just randomly assigning things to people, hoping it deals with whatever their criminogenic risk may be. 
And also, I mean, I think kind of to the point of overflow offline and the textbooks, you know, in the world of technology, the skills that are in demand are changing so rapidly. It would be hard, you know, in some cases to keep up with that. So I think part of what's beautiful about your program is having people who, as you said, are on the outside, people on the inside, but who have graduated and people who are coming in, you know, that's a a wealth of experience, but it's a, it's a variety of experiences. Hopefully that can translate into more real world skills in the curriculum, as you like to say. One of the things that really came out of like that first dev shop was it's one thing to teach somebody how to write lines of code. It's another thing to teach them how to be a developer on a team, right? You put five people in a room and have them work on the same project and they've never, they've never collaborated. <laughs> it's, it's an, I will attest that is a very interesting process, but it is also a necessary skill to be a, an actual developer in the field instead of just a freelance coder. And this is yet again, where Stack Overflow came in, in handy because while you know, I worked in a closed circuit television station for a while as a system engineer, and I designed this this coding curriculum from the inside out. You have to remember that I have weird knowledge gaps that I didn't even know I had. I mean, I didn't go to school for a CS degree. I had no no reference materials to tell me even how you go about coordinating a software project. And mm-hmm. I spent quite a few hours in Stack Overflow digging through software development as a search term to yeah. even understand that there's this thing called agile. And I eventually dug down through some threads to say, Oh, this is what I'm supposed to learn. And this is the document I need. So. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, agile, you know, understanding that and coming into the workplace and somebody says, let's get to our first scrum, you know, let's get to our first stand up. Uh-huh. We've got a sprint, you know, we need to be at, you know, we're doing agile. If you don't know all that stuff, you're going to feel completely lost. Even if, you know, when it comes down to the individual project, right. As you said, you know, maybe you can write the code. I wish I had my search history from Stack Overflow because I promise. And one of the things I searched was, what is Scrum? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Which is crazy to think back on now. Because at this point, the project has been running for over a year. I've come home and a second developer came home, which we work on the outside. Mm-hmm. We ended up forming a nonprofit, Unlock Labs, around this work. And not just around the dev shop and the training program, but taking this product and actually applying it in the field. So at this, at this point, We've deployed it in several prisons in Missouri, and we're poised to deploy it in a prison in New York in the next 60 days. The scale conversation is a longer conversation, too. But the point is, this product that was developed by coders that were trained on the inside, most of them without tech experience whatsoever, is now being used in the field to solve a real societal problem. Right. And the first version was made for offline use, but we've adapted it and now... We have an online version, so this product being developed in prison by people who still don't have access to the internet is being deployed as a cloud offering and offered through internet access into a prison here in Missouri. Right. So it's just it's fascinating to look back and really kind of reflect on how did we get here? Right. (laughs) How did we we get here? And at the end of the day, it's really what you can do is based on the resources that you have available. And my resources consisted of some textbooks and Stack Overflow. And that's right, right. even how, before I came home, I started to have some kind of understanding of what it was to, to do a cloud, uh, manage a cloud, a cloud deployment, I'm sorry. Right, right. For folks who you know are listening to this and, and want to get involved, can you talk a little bit about ways they could support your organization? Ways to get involved. Well, a couple of things I, I'll flag there. One, you know, what we're trying to build is what we think should be public infrastructure. Mm-hmm. And what we mean by that is, you know, look, we're, we're not for profit and we don't think anybody should profit off education in prison. So we're just trying to build something that we think should exist in society. Right. If we do it really well. We'll go out of business. Okay. So 
someday. One of the one of the first things is just simply talking. I mean, there's you know, we're in Missouri and New York, and we're looking at a couple of other states that we're having conversations with. But at the end of the day, people don't really talk about how big of a problem it is that there's no education in prison. There's, there's this thought that when we send people in, that they come home fixed. Right. And it's just not the case. And so the first thing is just simply to talk to people about, hey, this is a huge problem. What are we doing about it? You know, whether you're right. you know, involved with a content provider or a university or just simply talking to legislators, you know, they have to fund this kind of work at some point. So that's really our first one is just talk about the problem, you know, get educated. And, and if, if you don't know what's going on, then reach out to us on uh, unlocklabs.org has a contact form on it and it goes straight to me and me and one of my other co-founders. And we'll, mm-hmm. we look at every one of those emails and, and we answer questions and, and point people in directions of resources. Right. The next thing is if you're, if you're tech involved, you know, we have a nebulous group of about 11 people on this project right now. And I say nebulous because we have, you know, two of our volunteers, four full-time employees, and then the five incarcerated developers. And we're trying to build a national solution. So if you're a, you're a coder and want to contribute, uh, we recently had students from Stanford who are UX designers um, contribute to some UX research for us. And we're talking with people from uh, some students, you know, trying to get students from Harvard involved in doing some of the uh, the AI or the machine learning we're looking at for the system. So if, you, if you're tech involved and you want to contribute to solving this problem, reach out to us. And the last thing I would say is, and I hate to be this person and end on this note, but it's necessary. <laughs> we are we are a nonprofit. And right. so one of our biggest challenges is that we spend a great deal of time fundraising to be able to afford the work. A thing that wasn't covered is that our program runs on like prison-specific laptops, which cost mm-hmm. roughly $500, $550 a piece. And so the largest amount of the dollars that we bring in through philanthropy or, or donations goes to hardware that directly goes into the prisons for offering the education system. So. Mm-hmm. If you're a funder or if you know funders that may be interested, please connect us and we'd be glad to explain in detail what our budget looks like and what our growth plans look like. But those are the three ways that people can probably help. Terrific. And then, yeah, just to say, I will include a link in the show notes to Unlock Labs, obviously, as well as links to Kiwix and to our announcement. And I do know that Kiwix is dealing with one particular issue around a memory leak and they're looking for folks who are well-versed in Python to maybe help them out with that. And in fact, it is bountied on GitHub. So there's a a sizable reward. So if you're listening to this and you think you have the skills, um, I'll put some links in the show notes and we would appreciate the help. Jessica, I just want to say again, thank you so much for coming on. As I always do at the end of the show, I'm going to see if I can shout out a member of the community, someone who came on and just helped spread a little knowledge that hopefully gets used by lots of folks. Today, a Lifeboat Badge awarded to MX0, extract the SRC attribute from the image tag using beautiful soup. I've never heard of beautiful soup, but I really hope that's a tech tool or programming language because it's a great name. It is. All right, everybody. Thanks again for listening. We appreciate it. I am Ben Popper, Director of Content here. You can always find me on Twitter at Ben Popper. Email us, podcast at Stack Overflow, or leave us a rating and a review if you like the show. Jessica, just to say once more, your full name, your title, and where people can find you on the internet if you want to be found. So thanks everybody for listening. I'm Jessica Hicklin. I'm the CTO of Unlock Labs and you can find me either through the Unlock Labs site or if you want to reach out to to me directly, you can email me at jessica at unlocklabs.org.